If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Star Wars 7x7 episode 1129. Today it's an update on the Star Wars movies in production. And we're looking at 131 days till The Last Jedi, 292 days until the Han Solo movie, and 656 days until episode 9. Can't come fast enough. Punch it, Chewy. I'm Amy Rackwith with Lattes with Leia, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod, and yes, I know I'm saying it couldn't come fast enough with regard to all of these movies, but you know what? They can take their time as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) It's okay. I waited a long time in between movies before, as I'm sure you did as well, and so I think we can wait a little while longer. And so let's talk about the one for which we don't have much longer to wait, The Last Jedi. There have been a couple of interviews that have come out, one with Gwendolyn Christie talking about how The Last Jedi goes deeper and further with its characters than The Force Awakens did and how she actually consulted with Ryan Johnson Johnson, <laughs> excuse me, on her character and her development and so on and so forth. And John Boyega in doing press about the movie Detroit, which is out now, also talked about how he spends a lot of his time doing scenes with Leia in The Last Jedi and how they have an amazing send-off for her, which, you know, take that for what you will, all right? She was supposed to be in Episode Nine. We know that. We don't know anything about how Episode Eight is supposed to end and what the fate is of her character in it, but the idea of her having a great send-off doesn't necessarily mean she's going to die or anything like that. It just means that it's going to be a fantastic performance for her and that we are all going to enjoy what she gets up to in Episode Eight. And those are really the only updates of note about The Last Jedi at this point. Ryan Johnson has not shared anything relevant to the production of The Last Jedi or the post-production, if you will, on his Instagram or Twitter feeds. So let's move on to talk about the Han Solo movie. And I know I said this out loud previously, and maybe it was out loud, quote-unquote, in a Facebook group or something like that. But the moment that Ron Howard was chosen to helm the Han Solo movie... The question had to be asked, would Clint Howard show up in the movie as well as he does in many of Ron Howard's films? And Ron has answered that question on Twitter. Somebody asked him, you know, said, please tell me there'll be a role for Clint in the movie. And Ron replied, you won't be disappointed. So there you go. That's about as official a confirmation as you could hope to expect In this regard, Clint Howard will, in fact, be in the untitled Han Solo movie. And Ron is still tweeting and Instagramming away with photos and doing a fantastic job. I gotta say, his feed has been so much fun recently. I mean, tweeting photos 
of droids at working control panels, of him talking to an astromech droid, talking about its motivation, or at least that's what he claimed. Of course, it's just a good funny joke. And showing part of a set design where there is a sumptuous array of alien foods. I think at this point he has easily shared more stuff from the movie than Ryan Johnson ever did for The Last Jedi. More than anyone shared on Rogue One, because I don't think Gareth Edwards is actually on Twitter. Um, But yeah, there was nothing really shared social media-wise about it that way. And more than J.J. shared about The Force Awakens. So we're getting a really wonderful gift from Ron Howard in the level of detail he's sharing. He's become basically the film's best PR agent, quite honestly. He posted a photo of himself, a selfie reflected off the window of a Eurostar train, and said he was taking a short break from shot listing the Han Solo movie, and, you know, I had to take a quick look for that. Here's what Vimeo says about it in their um, details about making a shot list. It's a full log of all the shots you want to include in your film. Essentially, it's a checklist filled with minute details that will give your film a sense of direction and efficiency. So, yeah. Everything Ron Howard is doing is basically giving all of us fans a situation normal kind of feeling to it. And so I'm really appreciative of the work he's doing. As for episode 9, though, there's been a first bit of shake-up news, I guess you could say. So The Hollywood Reporter broke the exclusive saying that a new writer has come on board. His name is Jack Thorne for episode 9. So previously, Colin Trevorrow had been working with his writing partner, Derek Connolly, on the script, and according to The Hollywood Reporter, sources say a fresh set of eyes was needed and it's unclear how extensive the rewrites will be. Now, bizarrely, The Hollywood Reporter article doesn't (laughs) give you anything useful in terms of who Jack Thorne is. It says that he's the creator or co-creator of several British television shows, dramas, and thrillers, including The Fades, The Castoffs, The Last Panthers, and National Treasure, not the Nicolas Cage movie franchise. This is something else entirely different. What they don't tell you, which should have been like immediately up front, is that he wrote the stage play for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which is from a story by J.K. Rowling, and uh, shucks, there's another person who was involved with that, and I will have to find that for you. Hang on a second. Uh, John Tiffany. Thank you. Here we go. And even more relevant to this whole situation is that he wrote a new adaptation of, and I'm going to botch the pronunciation on this, Wozzeck, W-O-Y-Z-E-C-K, for the Old Vic Theater in 2017, according to Wikipedia, with John Boyega, yes, Finn, right, FN2187, in the title role. So he actually has a Star Wars connection in that regard. And again, since the Hollywood Reporter story didn't really do him any justice, his first film, according to Wikipedia, the first film written was The Scouting Book for Boys, released in 2009. Wikipedia says it won him Best Newcomer at the London Film Festival, and the jury said, quote, Jack Thorne is a poetic writer with an end-of-the-world imagination and a real gift for storytelling, unquote. So that's not a bad (laughs) quote to pull for somebody who is going to be writing or rewriting episode 9, wouldn't you say? So, uh, this is another one of those situations where you got to say in Kathleen Kennedy, we trust and whether, you know, she's one of the people who said a new set of eyes, a fresh set of eyes was needed for this or whether it was the story group or some combination thereof. So far, they've done pretty well. So let's give them credit where credit is due and give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. I mean, they weren't afraid to bring in Chris Weitz and Tony Gilroy to reshape Rogue One as necessary. 
And that's not saying anything against Gary Witter or anything like that. His script might have been just fine as it was, and they just decided, hey, we need to tinker with this a little more. We need to try something different. So, so far, track record feels pretty good as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, that right there is going to do it for our updates on the movies in production or post-production or pre-production, as it were. And I'm going to come back at you with a Rogue One trivia question after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, sw7x7.com slash TFA. Welcome back. So last time I asked you what position the wings of a U-wing are in as it jumps into hyperspace. Are they pointed forward or swept back? And the answer is that they are pointed forward. Today's question for you, in what position are the U-wing's wings when it is landing pointed forward or swept back? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you force choke your captain, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not an apology, it's destiny unleashed. is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.